0: good morning again how is everyone doing hopefully you're doing well if you can take out your Bibles turn them to Psalm 119 I appreciate that if you don't have the message outline you can pick that up right out there the center doors right at that ministry counter right there where we have been in our series God's book right right you guys with me we're in that series we're going through Psalm 119 176 verses 22 sections 8 verses in each section we come to the 13th section this morning And it begins in uh, verse 97. This will be the last message in this series, in God's book. Uh, The big idea this morning, a love for God's Word should result in a life well lived for God. If you have your Bibles at verse 97, verse 97 is a key verse, but it's kind of a door that opens up the door to the next seven verses in this section. And verse 97 is also our memory verse. So let's read it together. The psalmist writes, Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long, right? Uh, There's a few things I want you to notice about this verse in verse 97. The first thing I want you to notice is what he's talking about. The law is a synonym for God's word. He's talking about God's word, right? We understand that. And there are about seven different words used in Psalm 119 to describe God's word. And here is the law. sometimes called precepts, sometimes called statues, sometimes called commands or commandments, but all refers to God's word. Verse 97 could read, Oh, how I love the Word of God. I meditate on it all day long. The psalmist says, I I love God's Word. He doesn't say, I love meditating on God's Word. He doesn't say, I love reading God's Word. But he says, I love God's Word. Those are all good things, by the way, but he says, I love God's Word. I remember when Sheila and I were verse dating, and she would write me notes and letters all the time. and, And one of the things she would do when she would usually start off the letter with saying, Dear sweetie, that's how she would recall. It. Dear sweetie, and that's all I needed to hear because I knew what she was writing there was just for me. And then at the end of the letter, she would usually end it with something like the love of my heart, and and that made me feel real good because I I thought if she has if I have all the love of her heart, she don't have love for any other guy, right? Is that kind of selfish? She didn't have any love for any other guy. So it always made me feel good to hear that. And I think that's what the psalmist is trying to gather here for us as we make our way through the psalm to remember who wrote this book and that there's something in this book for every one of us that's written just for us. He wants us to understand this is written just for you. And he says, I love God's Word. See, this is a little deeper what he's talking about, not just I love to read it, I love to meditate on He says, no, I love God's Word. There's a priority there. God, I love your Word. I love you and your Word so much that I don't have time for all these other things here because I love your Word so, so much is what he's saying. I love God's Word. Then the second thing I want you to know, he says, I meditate on it. You think, you know what, meditate. We've talked about this before. Uh, Think about it real hard. Uh, Ponder it. Uh, Think real deep. But the best illustration I've ever heard to describe this meditation when a cow chooses food sounds kind of funny it's called ruminate when a child cow has four stomachs and what they do they eat their food and they chew it and they swallow it into one of the stomachs and it sounds kind of gross but they regurgitate it don't they they bring it back up and they chew on it some more on their cud right they chew on it chew on it chew on it then they swallow it again and then they regurgitate it and they chew on it some more then they swallow it again and so what they're doing they're trying to get all the nutrients all the juices everything they can out of the food that they eat right and that's what meditation means it's what you and i are supposed to do to take in god's word to read it and then to swallow it and then bring it back up and think about it again ponder it meditate on it then swallow it then bring it back up meditate ponder it think about it deep think about it then swallow it to get everything we can out of that that passage or that verse that we're going through to gather all the truths all the application, all the all the nutrients we can, and you store that truth away for some other time in the future, right? That we have it there. And that's what we're supposed to do. And then he says, I meditate on it all day long. And maybe you say, well, maybe you probably didn't have anything else to do, so it was easy for him to meditate, right? Easy for him to meditate all day long. You're thinking, I'm too busy. I have places to go and things to do and mountains to climb. That's what we like, right? I've got all these things to do. I don't have time to meditate all day long. But the psalmist said, I meditate all day long and you can meditate all day long too doesn't matter how busy you are It doesn't matter how many appointments you have in your life you can meditate you can bring up what you've read from the word of God but that presumes that you've read the word of God right you've got to read it in order to bring it up so you've got to read the word of God and once you read the word of God it, it should be every day we're trying to get into the word of God once I read I can bring it up through the day and you can meditate while you're driving your car. You can meditate on God's Word. How many do that? You meditate on God's Word, pray while you're driving, or you can meditate while you're taking a shower. God's everywhere, right? He's in the shower. You can meditate then. You can meditate if you're at work on your coffee break or on your lunch break. You can meditate where you're at your home doing the dishes or whatever. You can meditate on God's Word. And, and, and while you're meditating, Someone may say something to you while you're at work or shopping or wherever you may be, and you're able to apply what you just meditated on, either through that conversation or as you're interacting with others, right? The psalmist is saying, I meditate all day long. He says, Oh, how I love your law. I meditated on it all day long. That's all present tense. All present tense is what he's saying. It doesn't mean, I remember back years ago, when I used to meditate on God's Word, but this came up, that came up, and all these things came up, and I remember what that I used to do that. He's not saying, I remember back then when I used to meditate. Or, or he's not saying this. He's not saying, my goal for the future, that I would meditate on God's Word. That's what I want to do in the future. He's not saying that at all. What he's saying, the psalmist is saying, right now, presently, I love God's Word. I love God's Word. And I wonder, can you say that? honestly be honest with yourself can you honestly say today that i love i genuinely love god's word the psalmist is going to help us understand as we're making our way through this song he's going to give us two reasons to love god's word in these eight verses two reasons and the first one if you have your outline god's word is the way to wisdom it's the way to wisdom uh let's read verse 98 remember verse 97 kind of open up the doorway to these next seven verses. So verse 98, he says, your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. He says, the word of God makes me wiser than my enemies. So the psalmist had enemies. He had people who wanted to hurt him. He had people who wanted to harm him. I hope you don't have anybody like that in your life, have someone like that. But nonetheless, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you know Christ is your Savior, you have a spiritual enemy. You do. You have a spiritual enemy and whose goal is to hurt you whose goal is to hinder you, whose goal is to harm you, any way he can. The Bible tells any way he can, he wants to harm you. Jesus said in John 10, chapter 10, he says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And that thief is Satan, the wicked one. He's out to harm you. That's what he wants to do. And that is his goal. He's our spiritual enemy. That's what the Bible says. Do you know Christ is your Savior? He's your spiritual enemy, and he's out to get you. So how are we going to counter him? Well, the psalmist tells us, your commands make me wiser than my enemy. And he's my enemy, right? How did Jesus counter Satan those 40 days in in the desert? What what, what did he do? He didn't use psychology on Satan. He didn't use intimidation on Satan, did he? What did he do? He just said, it is written, it is written, it is written, over and over again. You know why? Because he had God's Word stored up in his heart that that he could draw from. He had that. That's what you and I need. We need to have God's Word stored up in our heart, don't we? We need it right here so we can have it at any time that, that we need it. Notice the word command. I bring this up. We talked about it a lot last week and the last several weeks. The word command is a synonym for God's word. He says, Your word makes me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. The psalmist is saying, Wherever I go, I've got that storehouse. I've got God's word. He says, Wherever I go, I have it. Don't compartmentalize your life. And so many times we do that. For some people, the word of God is only for Sunday. I take out my Bible on Sunday, I go to church on Sunday. And I listened to a message on Sunday, right? What about Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday? What about all the other days? The psalmist says, God's word is always with me. It's always with me. If you remember, one of the verses we've memorized is Psalm 119, verses 9 and 11 is one of the verses for the week. Verse 9 says, how can a young man keep his way pure? And verse 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The English Standard Version said, I have stored up your word in my heart. Have you ever hit something because you didn't want somebody to find it? Have you ever hit something, maybe you're going on vacation and you hit it, and when you come back home, you forgot where you hit it? Have you, how many would admit that? See, and I have done that. We, we went on vacation, and we hit some things, you know, and we come back. And something we didn't really need, so we just left it there. But after a while, I mean, a few weeks go by, where did we put it? We have a hard time finding it. We finally remember where it is. At least I think we remember everything we've hid. But we finally found it. But sometimes we do that. The Bible says, He says, I've stored your word in my heart, that the word of God is always there. Not hidden where I can't find it. Where is it? It's hidden in my heart. So I know right where it's at. I don't got to look for it. It's right here is what he says. And that's what Jesus did. So he went to the storehouse and he said, it is written, and you and I can do that too. We need to do that. How do we defeat the enemy? How do we defeat the evil one? How do we defeat the wicked one? We take something from the storehouse. We say, here's a verse I need. The the word of God we take, you have it in the storehouse because you place it there, right? It's in the storehouse. It's in the storehouse It's always with you. You can have our Bibles, we can have our, our smartphones with the Word of God, but when the enemy attacks, we need to repeat it right away. Like, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean on, on, on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge Him. it. It'll make your path straight, right? We need to have the Word of God right there. So when the enemy attacks, we have it. If you have it in the storehouse, it's always with you, right? That gives us a great picture of you, how you and I desperately need to have the Word of God always, always with us, wherever we go. We can't leave it at home. And, and the reason we have it always with us is because we stored it in our heart. We've meditated. We've memorized. we place God's word here in our heart. So it's always, always with us where we go. Verse 99. He says, I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. We have two words here. One is in verse 99, and one is in verse 98. And verse 99 is talking about insight or understanding depends on your translation, which word you use. In verse 98, he talks about wisdom. Two different things. Two different things he's talking about. We can understand something, but yet not have much wisdom, right? We can have that. Wisdom is the appropriate use of what we understand. Let me say that again. Wisdom is the appropriate use of what we understand. So if you're going to do some electrical work in your house, and maybe a light fixture went out in your house, and you're going to fix it, you don't have to know everything about electricity to fix it. We might have an electrician here that might differ with me on that, but you don't have to know everything. That's right. I'm looking at Joe. <laughs> you don't have to so but you're gonna take it out and so say I'm gonna take the fixture apart. And all I have to do is to remember there's two bare wires, right? I don't want to touch them. I don't want to touch them together. I don't want to touch them, otherwise I'm gonna get shocked. Now I could do the smart thing, go in my basement or wherever I'm gonna and turn off the breaker to be the smart thing, right? I can go do that, or I say, oh, I'm just gonna be careful. And I'm gonna get up there and change that fixture, but I accidentally touched him and i get shocked right i knew that could happen but i didn't use wisdom i should have went down and turned off the breaker right let me give you another one if you're out in the garden because i've done this many of times i'm out in the garden and i've got these rose bushes and these rose bushes has these big old thorns on them you ever have those and they can stick you or barberry bush how many have barberry bush barberry they got these needle-like thorns on them they're all over it and sometimes i have the cutter and these branches are out and i want to cut them And I know I should go get the heavy leather gloves so they don't stick me, because they always stick you. But I think, oh, I'll just be careful this one time, and I'll start trimming. And sure enough, I'll get one of those thorns stick me or a couple of them, and they'll break off in my thumb, and it hurts like that. But I didn't use wisdom. I should have went back and got the gloves and put them on. I knew that could happen, but I didn't use wisdom. And that's what wisdom is, as I said before. Wisdom is the proper use of what we know and understand. It's using that. We know it, but we gotta apply it, right? And that's what he's sharing here in this particular verse. They take it to a next step. Sometimes there are people who attend church, and they know the gospel of Jesus Christ. They understand some of the Bible stories. They have all this information, right? But the wisdom is using that information. As we use that information, they don't have the wisdom. They haven't applied it. They just have a bunch of information. They just have insight or understanding. That's all they have. A lot of people say, I know about Jesus. I understand Jesus died for me. They have the information. They have the insight. They have the understanding, but they've never applied wisdom. They've never applied it to their lives. In verse 100, he says this, I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. He says, I obey your precepts. I not just know about them, not just believe in them. He says, but I've obeyed them. I've applied them to my life. And I believe the psalmist is contrasting here. What he is, is between human wisdom and God's wisdom. A big difference, right? Uh, Human wisdom says that they tell us that don't eat this thing, because if you eat it, you're going to die. Then sometime later, they tell, oh, it's all right to eat that, right? You've heard that, right? I remember a while back, they told you don't eat eggs, because if you eat eggs, uh, the cholesterol rate will go up, and it's bad on your heart, and it could do you harm, right? I read not too long ago, they say, hey, eggs are good for you. Now you can eat all the eggs you want if you can afford them right never knew eggs were going to be a luxury item in this world if you can afford them but human wisdom changes constantly but god's wisdom never changes it never changes he's never going to say i need to not write another page in the bible because in psalm 119 i made a mistake you're never going to hear that from god he doesn't make mistakes everything he's written down is accurate for all of eternity god's wisdom is eternal It's good for all all of eternity. It never changes. It never has to change because it's good. 10,000 years from now, this word of God is still good. God doesn't have to change it. It's always good. And that's what the psalmist is is saying here. He's referring to, he says, I have more insight than all my teachers. I have more understanding than all my elders because I obey your word. I do what it says. It sounds kind of simple. That's how we have wisdom. I obey it. I put that information, I put that knowledge into practice, and I obey it, is what he's saying. So the psalmist says he loves the Word of God because it leads him to wisdom, not just information, not just insight, not just understanding, but I obey it. I apply it to my life. I do what it says, right? You understand that? The second reason to love God's Word, and I I love this one, God's Word leads to worship, leads us to worship. We get in the Word and we worship. Once we get— God's Word in us, then it prepares us for worshiping Him. And, and once we allow God to work in our lives, the result is we want to worship. We want to worship. It's a natural thing that happens, So we want to worship God, and we should want to worship Him, right? It comes out of knowing God's Word and being obedient to God's Word, that worship comes out. If I know God's Word and I'm not obedient to it, then I really don't have an urge to worship Him. But when I know God's Word and I apply it to my life and I'm obedient, then I have great joy in worshiping the Lord. And it has meaning because I'm following and I'm obeying. And that's what he wants: obedience. And the first thing the psalmist says here, and this is not in your notes, this is just kind of subpoints that you can write down if you want. God's word will keep us from evil. He's saying God's word will keep us from evil. He says in verse 101, I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I might so I that I might obey your word. The psalmist recognized. And he can't mess with evil, round with evil, and keep God's Word, too. He says, I I can't do that. And now, some people will try to do that, right? They try to do both. They think, I can do both. You're either going to do evil or you're going to follow God's Word, but you can't do both. Jesus said, you can't serve true masters. You're either going to love the one or you're going to hate the other one, right? And sometimes followers of Jesus, people who have put their faith and trust in Jesus, will try to do both. And sometimes that's why that some Christians— Believers in Jesus Christ are so angry and upset because they're trying to do both in their lives. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. It tells us not to do that. When you came to put your faith and come to know Jesus Christ, your Savior, and you put your faith and trust in Jesus, the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, it says, Now that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, He lives inside of you. And if you have one foot in sin, and you have one foot in the Word of God, the Holy Spirit is grieved because you're not living totally for God, right? You're grieving the Holy Spirit. And you're trying to live two different lives, going two separate directions in your life. And you can't do that. You will satisfy the one, and you're going to grieve the other one. When you grieve the Holy Spirit, let me just share with you, if you've ever done that, you know, you become miserable, right? Miserable. You do not like where you're at. You become miserable. What that does, that can make us a miserable husband, miserable wife, a miserable teenager, just miserable people. We're trying to live separate lives, trying to live for God and live out in the world, live our own life, and we're trying to do both. We can't do that. We weren't created to do that. We are called to live one life, to follow God and his word, be followers of Jesus Christ, put our faith and trust in Jesus, and live for him. That's what we're called to do. If you know Christ is your Savior, the only life you've been called to live, only one life, is to follow Jesus, not yourself, not the world. If you're trying to follow yourself in the world, you will be miserable. You will never find satisfaction. We'll only find it truly in Christ, because that's what we're created to do. We have the Holy Spirit in us. He won't let us be satisfied living outside of Christ. He wants us to live with Christ, right? We are called to live that one life. The psalmist says in verse 100, I have more understanding than the elders— I have more insight or understanding than those who are older than me, verse 101, I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. You can't do both. You can't obey God's word and obey and live in sin. You can't do both. Uh, second thing the psalmist tells us in verse 102, I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me the psalmist is recognized, I can't do this myself. I, I've not done any of this myself. The way I learned how to live, the way I learn how to obey, he says, number three, God, you taught me. God, you taught me to do this. I, I learned it from you. I didn't do this on my own. The reason I don't do these things, because God's Word, God says, don't do them, right? That's why I don't do them. I haven't come up, I'm not that smart to come up with, that with myself. Parents, one of the best things you can teach your your children, the need to obey God and His Word. One of the best things, and and grandparents, teach your grandchildren uh, The reason why they should not lie is because it's against the character of God, right? And it's against God's Word. God's Word says, do not lie. Help your children to be, they are learn to be accountable to God, to live according to God and His Word. So when they get older, and you're not around all the time, you can't be around all the time, they have wisdom to follow God's Word and God, right? That's what we want. They will have wisdom to follow God in His Word. And they get that by being in the Word of God. They're going to get that from that, right? The, the, the psalmist is saying, God, you have taught me to obey your word. You're the one that's taught me. And, and look at Psalm, uh, verse 130 in Psalm 119. I love this verse because I feel like he's speaking to me when he says it. Just a few verses down, you find verse 130. He says, the unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. And I always say, thank you, Jesus, for that because I need that. God is going to help me to understand and apply it to my life. doesn't matter how smart I am. I don't have to be that smart. God's Word is going to help me to understand. He's going to help me have understanding, and He's going to help me to apply it to my life, because that's what we need, and that's what the Holy Spirit does. Helps you and I apply the Word of God to our lives. That's what I need. I just don't need to be puffed up with information and understand truths and insight and understanding unless I apply it to my life. That's wisdom, and that's what the Holy Spirit helps us to do there, right? In verse 103, it says, How sweet are your words to my taste? sweeter than honey to my mouth. God's word is sweet. His word is sweet. Psalm 34, 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Uh, just take a taste of God's word, and God will prove to you that he is good. I remember when I was little, in at our dinner table, uh, we had to eat from every dish on the table. Not every person's dish, but my mom served. My mom used to have a big spread. We had all kinds of vegetables and stuff, and I was probably the most picky of eaters of my uh, older brothers I was the youngest of four boys and I would sit down there and my dad said everybody had to take something from everything that my mom had made and like I said we had a huge garden and they would put stuff down there and I'd say I don't like it and my dad say have you ever tasted it no how do you know you don't like it I, I don't like it so we'd have to taste it and there were some times I didn't like things just because I didn't want to like it but there was other times I tasted something and I thought man this is good and, and it was beans or something we got out of the garden and I, and I like them still today but I would have never tried them because looking at them, they didn't look too good, right? But after tasting them, they're good. And we have a granddaughter that is like that, that I always tell her that she eats with her eyes. If it's not pleasing to the eyes, she will not taste it. And sometimes you know that she'll like it, but she won't taste it because it doesn't look good. I have to say, taste it, and you're going to find out it is good. And once she tastes it, she finds out it is good. And that's what the Bible is saying to us. It's saying, taste the word of God, and you will find out that he is good. But you got to taste it. And there's a lot of people out there that won't even read their Bible. They don't even see that the Lord is good. They won't read it until maybe sometime later they finally come and know Jesus Christ, your Savior, and they say, boy, I wish I would have been reading the Word of God all this time because they tasted it and they found that it was good and that he truly, truly satisfies. Because that's what we're looking. At. God satisfies. God is sweet. Sweet as honey, the Bible says. The Word of God is sweet. And we find out how beautiful it is when we read it, how, how much it satisfies me soothes my soul, right? That's what God's word does. That's what God does for me. The prophet Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 15, 16, he says, when your words came, I ate them. It doesn't mean he ate the pages. It means I consumed them. I read them. I learned from them. I listened. I obeyed is what he's saying. But then he says, they were my joy and my heart's delight. Just taste God's word and God will convince you he is good. I don't got to do that. I challenge you. If you are genuinely and humbly coming before and reading this word and trying to get the truth from this, God will prove to you that he is good. I don't have to do that. God can do that himself, and he's not failed. He will prove he is good as you read the word of God. God is good all the time. Just just have to taste it, right? In verse uh, 104, he says this, I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. We're to hate sin. We're to hate sin. We're to look at his God. The psalmist says, the more I get to know God, the more I hate sin. Uh, The more you fall in love with Jesus, begin to realize that he died on the cross for your sins, and how much did he love you, that he shed his blood, that he gave his life for you, right? And that you might have forgiveness of sins and a relationship with God. The more you get to know Jesus, the more you're going to hate sin. It just is the fact. The more you get to know Jesus, the more you hate sin. Because when you sin, it's going to bother you because you're not going to want to be there. Because you realize when you sin it takes you away from jesus not your salvation don't get me wrong you can't lose your salvation once you accept christ you can't lose that but it hinders your fellowship with jesus it hinders your prayer life with jesus and so you hate sin because you don't want anything to come between you and jesus amen sure amen we don't want anything to come between us and jesus so we hate sin i don't want to be in it because it hinders that prayer it hinders that fellowship that I have with Jesus. We must fall in love with God's word, right? We have to do that so we can be the people that God has called us to be. But it's only going to happen by us knowing Jesus, of course, but also to get in God's word. And if you are saying that I'm walking with Jesus and I'm having a good walk with Jesus, and I'm just to be honest with you, and you're not in God's word, you're fooling yourself because you're not. You can only say I'm really walking with Jesus because I'm in Him and I'd say daily, but I'm in this all the time reading God's Word, and I'm getting God's wisdom from this uh, and, and applying it to my life, and therefore I'm walking with Jesus. If you're not in this, and you're saying you walk with Jesus, you're fooling yourself. You need to get, get into the Word of God. That's where God wants us to be, living there. And so as we close this morning, what I want to do, I, I want to give you three verses that I trust you will remember. If you could turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it's in the New Testament I want to close this series but I want to give you a couple of verses. First Corinthians it's after the Gospels you have Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and then Acts and Romans and then 1 Corinthians chapter one. if you could turn there and I want to really look at the end of that verse 24 but let's read it First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 24. Sometimes you're in one place so long that it kind of gets confused where they got to go right First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 24. He says, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, that means everyone that he's called, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. I want to look at that second part. and Let's look at that verse. Let me take Christ is, let me take out the power of God. Not to minimize the power of God, that's important, but I want to put the two together. Christ is the wisdom of God. And I really want you to think about that. Christ is the wisdom of God. Christ, what he's saying, is the living wisdom of God of God for us. Now we have just looked at the written wisdom of God. Jesus Christ is the living wisdom of God. The Bible is the written wisdom of God, right? Amen. We got that. Now go on down to verse 30. Here's your second verse. Verse 30 in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, and it says, it's because of him, Christ, because of Christ, that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness, holiness, and and redemption. So he's saying God sent Jesus to become wisdom for us. We have the living wisdom, Jesus. We have the written wisdom, the Bible. We receive Christ as our Savior. We possess the living wisdom of God now, right? Jesus, amen? You know that. If you know Christ. You possess the living wisdom of God. And if we have the Bible, you have that in your hands. That tells us how to live. That's the written wisdom of God that God gives us, right? This right here. The written wisdom of God. So you say, how do I know what to do? It's right here in the Bible, the written wisdom of God. How do I know God's will? It's right here in the Bible, God's written wisdom of God right here. God has not left us here to figure it out by ourselves. God has not done it. He says, no, you will find my will and what to do through the written wisdom of God, the Bible. You just have to read it, you have to study it, and know God's Word. And that's where you're going to find this wisdom that we need in this world, right here in the Word of God. Remember, remember, wisdom is It's the proper use of what we know. And some of you, if you've been here, we've been going through Psalm 119. If you missed any of them, I encourage you to go back and listen. There's five messages in this series. This concludes it. But we have spoken, and God has spoken to your heart and your mind this morning. And maybe you've never really put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And you realize that today. You realize it. Today you understand the importance of doing that. You understand two things. You understand first who Jesus is, that he's the son of God, that he's God. The second thing you understand is what Jesus did. That he died on the cross for your sins. Now that's knowledge. That's insight. That's understanding. Wisdom now is to take that next step, and wisdom is to apply that knowledge that you know. And maybe you've known it for many, many years of who Jesus is and what he did for you, but you've never applied the wisdom. Wisdom is coming and saying, Jesus, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins, and today I trust you as my Savior. I put my faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross for me. That's wisdom. See the difference? Say yes. You see the difference. There's a huge difference. Understanding and insight is great. We all want that, but that's all it is. I can know all there is about Jesus, but I have not applied the wisdom with it. I missed what it's meant there for it's meant to change my life from the inside out, not just some puffed up with knowledge. We got to apply that wisdom. And maybe you're here today. You've never done that. You need to do that today by simply saying, "God, I know I'm a sinner, and I understand who Jesus is, and I and I understand He died for me. And today, I put my faith and trust in Jesus." The Bible says, "By grace you've been saved through faith." that you put your faith in Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sins? Do that today. The third passage is Proverbs chapter nine, verse ten uh you can turn there if you're real quick if you're real quick uh but i can read this one to you because you probably heard this one proverbs chapter 9 verse 10 you can write it down and look at it later it says the fear of the lord is beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the holy one is understanding the fear of the lord lord is beginning it's a prerequisite for wisdom is that what that saying you want wisdom it's a prerequisite if you want to know wisdom god's wisdom i'm talking about you have to know jesus otherwise you're not going to get it you got to know jesus and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. If you want some understanding, if you want some insight, you find that in knowing Jesus. That's what it's saying. You find that in knowing Jesus. And once in a while, you have someone will say that, I don't know who I am. You ever hear somebody, I don't really know who I am. And you look at them and say, hey, have you got your driver's license? Take that out. It tells you who you are, your name or your address. But that's not what they mean. You know that. That's not what they mean. What they say is, I need insight. I need understanding in my life. And you find that in Jesus. You find that in the living wisdom of of God, which is Jesus. You find that in the written wisdom of God, which is the Bible, right? That's where you find understanding. That's where you find insights right there. And if you're not sure about your salvation this morning, you say, I don't really know if I'm saying, please come and see me after the service. You're not really sure if I was to die today, if I'm going to go to heaven, then you're not sure, right? If you say, I know about Jesus, but this thing you're talking about applying wisdom, I've never done that. I've never really understood it. Please come and see me. And maybe you're a believer in Jesus, and you're a follower of Jesus, but you can't honestly say, and it's all right if you can't, that I love God's Word. You say, you know, I like it, but I don't really love it. I really don't love it. Maybe God is speaking to your heart this morning from Psalm 119. You've come to the conclusion that I need to really get in God's Word, because I haven't. I haven't. I've been going to church for a long time, and haven't got into it. And I, I need to love God's Word. I need to learn to study it. I need to learn how to meditate on God's Word. I need to know more about Jesus and his, wor- and his Word. I've been a reader of God's Word. You'll say that. You know, I'll open up my Bible someplace, and I get in the Word of God, and I'll read a passage. Maybe I'll read a paragraph. Maybe I'll even read a chapter, then I close that book, and I put it down and never think about it again. And I really, really just read it just to say I've done it. So if someone asks me, do you read the Word of God? Oh, yeah, I do that, but I didn't get anything out of it, right? And maybe you're like that, and you're saying, no, I want to be someone who meditates on God's Word. I want to be really someone who studies God's words. And you're never gonna, it's never going to be any easier uh, to get into God's word than it is right now, right? You can wait and say that, and, and what's all you got to do? You got to say, I will start reading it, and you're going to start doing it. That's what we need to do. But what happens is we hear a message like this, and we say, you know, I, I need to do this, and we need to do something, but what usually happens is we, we don't. We put it off for next week or next month or some season, but it never happens. And that's why God gave us today. He gave us today. That word today is so good. God tells us to do it today. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. Do it today. And maybe you're here and you've never been baptized. You know Jesus Christ is your Savior. You've never taken that next step in the waters of baptism. You need to do that today. Come and talk to me, the pastor, after, and just say, I want to get on that list because I need to get baptized. We need to do that today. As I said, wisdom is the proper use of what we know. And I don't know what God is talking about this morning. I have no idea what he's laying on your heart, but I know he does. Because God's word promises not to come back empty, not to come back void. It always accomplishes purposes when it goes out. So I know he's doing something. But you know, is what I just said, wisdom is saying to God, I'm going to take that next step. I'm going to do it today. Today. You understand that word? Today. If it's a matter of salvation, I'm going to do it today. I'm going to do it today. If it's a matter of getting in God's Word and and meditating and studying God's Word, I'm going to start it today, not tomorrow, today. If it's a matter of getting baptized, I'm going to come up and speak to the pastor, speak to me right after the service, get my name on that list so I can get baptized because that's my next step in obedience with God. If I've not been baptized after I trusted Christ, I need to do that today. Remember, wisdom is the proper use of the knowledge that God has given to you. And I challenge you to apply that today. Let's be people in God's words. Let's read his word. Let's meditate. Let's memorize these verses. Let's get into his word. Because when we have it stored here, if we store it here, it means we've applied it to our lives. And it helps us to be the people God wants us to be. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, you come and we praise you. God, you are a gracious and good, loving God who loves us, who loves us so much that you sent your son to die for us, that you sacrificed your son, your only son, Jesus, for us. And Lord, we praise you. We praise you. So we know you love you. We, we know you love us. There's no denying that. You love us, really, Lord, more than we love ourselves, more than we love others. You love us that way. And so, Lord, we come this morning to one who loves us, who loves us unconditionally, that lo- knows us better than we know ourselves, knows us better than anyone else and you still love us and you accept us and you want to have a relationship with us and you want us to walk with you and you got all these plans for us because you love us so much you have a purpose and plan for us and Lord so many times we're going through life and we're looking for insight and understanding but we're going into all the wrong places we're going to our jobs we're going to our world and we're trying to find significance and Lord when you're saying to get insight and understanding to be really satisfied is only found in one person as a person of jesus christ it's in your living wisdom god and lord we might get in the written wisdom and get in the word of god so we can understand jesus more and more and more and learn how to walk with him i pray your blessings be on us i pray the holy spirit you would give us so much love for your word that our our bellies and hearts would be on fire for jesus that you might create like a revival in our own hearts, Lord. Revive us, Lord, to walk with you, to live for you, to really have a passion for Jesus, to see the significance that you really want to make in our lives, in our church, in our community. And it starts with just one of us, being on fire for Christ, and then it becomes contagious to another one and another one. And I pray that for us here, Lord. I pray that for the people right now, Lord, not to beat ourselves up well, I haven't been reading the Word of God, or I can't say I love God's Word. Today is a new, new day. You gave us today to make all the changes we can right today. So I pray that for each one of us. Dear Lord, if we don't know Jesus, today would be the day we accept Christ as our Savior. Today would be the day I come and ask the questions that I have about Jesus. If we're not reading the Word of God, we make that choice. Today's the day. Today's the day I do that. I'm going to make that. not going to wait tomorrow. I'm going to go home and read the Word of God today and get into it and start meditating and uh, memorizing. And if I've never been baptized, I know Christ is my savior, never been baptized. Today's the day I'm going to talk to the pastor. And I'm going to get it done. I'm going to make it happen. And get on that list so I get baptized sometime in the near future. Lord, help us to be people of today. Stop putting things off, the spiritual things. Of knowing you and walking with you. Make today, today, Lord, help us to love you today. Lord, we love you and praise you. Lord, be with us. Minister to us. And Lord, as we worship this next song, let us pour out our hearts and Surrender our hearts and minds to you today. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name.